Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of America this time, but I have a good friend that's been on with us before in our previous podcast, Pastor Olamide Dawson. Pastor Dawson, are you there, brother? Yes, I am. Good day. Good afternoon from West Africa. So great to hear your voice. Thank you for joining us. I know that we have a limited amount of time because you have some other things that you have to do today, but I think that your voice is so important for today's subject. Uh, It's been a a minute since you and I last talked. It's good to hear your voice again. Uh, Blessings. I'm glad to be here. As always. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, uh, you know, in the last 48 hours, I've been reading articles from Nigeria about uh, children that have been kidnapped and taken. And I just I really feel that this is something that continues to happen week after week after week. And I wanted to come back to you to kind of get an idea why. Why are we seeing so much violence against Christians in Nigeria? Uh, I wanted to get a feeling from you for our listeners, like how we can pray, how we can get involved, how we can raise the awareness. Uh, Before we jump to you, I just want to share a couple of things with our audience that I looked up prior to coming on with you. Um, For those of you Christians that have not heard Pastor Alamid share before about Nigeria, I highly encourage you to go back into our archives and look for those recordings. He has some really amazing messages to share with us from the field in Nigeria. Um, For the year 2020, I did not know this until recently, but now that the statistics have come out for 2020, the number of Christians killed in 2020 worldwide has increased by 60% solely because of the violence against Nigerian Christians. So worldwide, the number of believers that have been killed has gone up 60% because of the increase of violence against Nigerian Christians. A study by an an organization known as Open Doors, many of you listening to this podcast will know of Open Doors, they said that more than 2,200 of the 4,700 Christians killed in 2020 died in Nigeria. 2,200. That means that one Nigerian Christian is dying every four hours of every day. Uh, that just from the numbers that we're seeing in 2020, and that does not include the number of Christians that are being abducted, the children that are being kidnapped, as we just saw in the last 48 hours from doing this podcast. 
I mean, what's your feeling about this, Pastor? I mean, you're there, you're in Nigeria. I know that you work with missionaries that are in the kind of the Islamic belt of the northeastern sector of Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got your yes. finger on the pulse. What 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 are we what are we to make of this? Well, the kidnapping the other day was the ninth major kidnapping of in a school of of of, of students, pupils, children um, since December last year. And you know the thing about it is that it's like the North is the North is just imploding. It's just I mean it's just going to hell. Um, let me just give an example. I got a call um, last week from one of my missionary friends in a particular part of Niger State, that's the Middle Belt. And um, I asked him, how's everything going? How is it going? He said he's moved his wife out of there and he's alone there. That you can't work in any of the villages. You can't work in the rural area. Um, missionaries and mission stations are a prey. There are bandits everywhere. You know, that the only safe place are the towns. Let me go further to tell you what he told me. He said the the military and the vigilantes are in the towns, but they're not allowed to go after the bandits. They're not allowed to go after them. I was like, what are you talking about? He mentioned a particular um, army officer, garrison leader who went after bandits, killed scores of them. The man was reprimanded by his bosses and transferred. So they are having a, a field day right now in Niger State, Kebi State, Southern Kaduna, Zanfara, Sokoto. They are having a field day. And specifically, they are, they are, they are praying um, on missionaries, mission compounds, etc. You can't operate in those rural, in those areas anymore. Missionaries can't operate. And parts of Niger State and others, um, some of the Muslim and some local indigents are paying tax to these people, you know, to these bandits to be able to farm, you know. And uh, from what I have been told, because I worked in Zamfara State, Zamfara State is the is in the northwest of Nigeria, and it's the first state that actually um, started implementing the Sharia law. So I actually worked there during that time when the governor, then Yerima, um, got sharia started sharia and it spread to the other northern states you have banditry and all these attacks in nine major states of the north and it's bad it's actually worse than you can possibly imagine you know and we had a friend uh you listening sir hello yeah 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 i'm just listening brother all right let me give you an example let me give you an example a couple of years ago um we had a friend who was on his way from uh kuntagura niger state on the way to Rijo. Along the way, he had a problem with his car, some engine issues. So his friend got down. I think I've told you the story before. I went back to Kondagra to go and get um, a mechanic. By the time they came back to the spot, this our, friend's, this our friend had been decapitated and his eyes had been removed, okay? By some suspected Fulani, Fulani uh, Muslim herdsmen. You know, so we've had stuff like that going on repeatedly. In fact, one of our mission, one of our mission, in quotes, fathers, he was attacked in his own mission compound in Niger State, right? He was shot in the head. I mean, 
he, he survived, his wife survived, his son survived, and they were attacked brazenly. They're just going after Christians. Now, from, from what we know, these things started, I mean, this level of persecution and this level of attacks and opposition um, started about maybe eight years ago, about maybe like eight years ago. And it actually tied in with the issue of, you know, the dichotomy between the North and the South. The South, in quotes, Christian, the North, in quotes, Muslim. And it had to do again with political power. Okay? So, from what we gleaned, the then opposition went and hired um, Fulani Muslim radicals from places like Mali and Burkina Faso. They're not exactly ISIS, so ISIS, ISIS in West Africa and Boko Haram, they're another group, but they're kind of like related. And they were brought into our country, right? In order to become like the mercenaries and the thugs. If the, if, if, if the elections don't go the way of the opposition, then they would begin to strike and attack and make our country ungovernable, okay? Now remember, these people are Muslim, they are Fulani, okay? So when they also um, brought in to also dislodge Christian villages, attack Christians. Christians are just, so two things, political power, two things, political power and Christians. Remember, political power at that time was the, the president was a Christian. Then, good luck, Jonathan, okay? So they just started, they, 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 they were used as political thugs, etc., etc. Once the opposition won, they were just there, sitting, sitting around, doing nothing. They had, you know, nothing in quotes. They had, they've done their job, you know. Of, but they now move to dislodge Christian villages and attack and kill Christians. What now happened is that the thing started getting a little bit out of hand because um, <laughs> other people got involved. Other bandit factions, Muslim factions, got involved, and they wanted a a, a share. Of 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 the pie, you know, of ransom and and jihadism. Is that okay? So things just basically went have gone really really bad to the extent that we have um, in our national assembly we have the lower house, the House of Representatives in Abuja, federal that is, and also have the you know the upper house which is called the Senate. Now all the representatives and senators that come from northern nigeria listen to me they are unable to go back to their hometowns that is their their villages to go and visit even to go and spend time it's that dangerous right now and what they've done is that they've just they've moved their families you know grandma grandpa uncle auntie cousin anybody who can be who could be abducted to be kidnapped right has been moved away from there that's how dangerous northern nigeria actually is when i say dangerous i mean it's it's worse we don't even have journalists going in there you understand because i mean it's even dangerous for them too you understand what i'm saying you have to you know so that's how bad it is it's really really bad we got a call um a month ago from missionaries in Kuntabura in niger state and uh, it's just it's a town and the missionary called me and said he needs my help i said what is it he said um remember the church that I came to work in like four or five years ago. I said, yes. He said, um, some of the members are living with him now. I said, what are you talking about? Because it's quite a distance. It's about a three, four hour car ride. The day in my house. I said, what are you doing in your house? He said, they can't stay in the village anymore. The bandits have rustled their cows. 
and they're killing the Christians and everything. I was like, you have, so your house basically had probably like a, over a dozen people living with him in his house. And he's a missionary too. You understand what I'm saying? So, and I said, okay, he sent his bank details. Okay. And he said, oh, by the way, all the other villages, Dukawa and the, the people group is called Dukawa. Another people group called Kimbri. They're all in IDP camps. IDP means internally displaced people camps. I said, what? I said, what about the the, 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 the chief, the king of the village? He said, the, 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 the king is also in an IDP camp. That's how bad it is. Now, the question is, why can't the military go after these people? Okay? They're not allowed to. Why? They say from the top. So I now discovered that um, the federal government knows what's going on. And because, you know, there's the Muslim aspect, they just allow them to get away with anything they're doing, with impunity. I mean, the way I see it, right, you kill a Christian, they're kind of like happy, you know? You get rid of missionaries, they're kind of like happy. You, you understand what I'm saying? And it's, it's weird. With the number of people that have been killed, even amongst the indigenous tribes of the North who are Muslim, you'd expect a major outcry. You know, we had like two, three years ago, 40, 50 people being killed every day, every single day, you know? So um, it's, it's that bad. So <laughs> let me just emphasize, when I say it's that bad, I mean, it's like, what, what example could I give? It's, it's like just outright war. It's, it's impunity, you know? They're getting away with it. I mean, who has been prosecuted? Now, there are some people who, some in quotes, so-called kidnappers, bandits that have been prosecuted, but they're, but they're fringe. They're just some gangs that decided to just cash in, right? But the main, the main, who we believe were brought in, right, by these Muslim radicals, right? They're untouched. Even if they're arrested, they're let go. They're untouched. You understand what I'm saying? They're totally on If I understand you correctly, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds no. like you're saying that there is a benefit for Christians dying out. There is a there there is political gain. Yes, for, yes. For Christians to be killed and removed from different areas of Nigeria. Yes. In fact, in some in some areas like Benue State and Southern Kaduna. These people are taking over their villages and renaming their villages. Did you, did you hear what I said? They're killing them, right? And settling in their villages. And there's absolutely nothing that the government is doing about it. Yeah, you, you, you've said, so there are people that would listen to this. Okay. Well, I want to say kill. I think you understand. Yeah, yeah. What, what you're saying something? I I, I'm listening to you as you're explaining this, but you said something that I want to kind of bite into for a minute because you said that nobody's being prosecuted. And as I look at these killings that happen day after day, week huh? after week, month after month, I actually can't find anybody being prosecuted. I'm finding the news about yep. the attacks. I'm finding information okay. about the murders. I'm finding okay. information about the kidnappings, but you're right. I'm not seeing anybody being arrested or brought to justice. Yep. So that should tell you that um, some aspect of the government or somebody in political power is colluding with these people. That's what it means. It's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, it, it's obvious. 
all right? And then, you know, Nigeria Nigeria is a kind of country, right? Let me, let me show you something about my, my country. My country is not um, so complex. It's not so deep that you can't know what's going on. There are no secrets out there. You understand what I'm saying? You know, there are no secrets out there. I mean, you don't have to go to the internet and begin to try and find out what's happening in Nigeria, right? You could just ask somebody who will ask somebody, you know, ask somebody else. And somebody in power would tell his wife and somebody would tell his son. And you can actually know what's going on. You understand what I'm saying? It's obvious. We, we, have, we have one of the best militaries in Africa, even in the world. Okay? The Nigerian military? Ha. Wow. When we go out for peacekeeping and everything, we're the best. Even the Nigerian police. We're the best out there. You, I mean, if you, even with that, internationally, go online, find out. The Nigerian military is, is highly effective and efficient. But in our territory, right, we're just, they're just crossing their legs and allowing everything to happen. Why? Because some elements of the government who are radicals, right, want this to happen. Now, like some of my guys in the field said, the minute there is a change of government from the present government to the opposition, all this will stop or majorly reduce. In fact, like one, like some people told me, once there's a change of government to the opposition in the next, um, um, in 2023, if, if that happens, right, that half the problem is solved. These people, these radical Muslim bandits and everything, they will know that the, that the military will come after them. Government changes, military goes after them. Did you hear what I said, um, so Eugene? Yes, okay? uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah let, it goes, it goes after let them. Me, let me just pause you for a minute, brother, because I think that as a listener, um, I, we, when we hear the word bandits, I mean, you've used the word bandits several times. Whenever I read the news, they always say bandits, bandits, bandits. They never say Islam or they never associate them with Islam. Uh, all right. My, my apologies. I'm just using the term that our journalists are using. Yes. All yeah, right? So, and that's why right, I just I'm sorry about that. To, no, so no, let no, me, no, let me no, define, no, let me define them. Yeah. What please, they actually are. That's what we need. I think if you could define bandits, what does that mean? The, these, these guys are terrorists. Okay? What they are is that they are terrorists. They came, what their function, right, is to kill. I mean, they kill like, I mean, you never heard people killing like these guys in Nigeria. Right? Let, let me give you an example. If a community defends, if a Christian community, for instance, defends itself against their attacks, and maybe one of these guys gets killed, one of these Islamists get killed. They will return en masse and wipe out the whole village. I mean, this, this has happened too many times to say. They will, so when you hear, ah, they came into a village and they killed 90 people, they killed 80 people, you now begin to wonder, why are they killing them? You know, why are they just killing people? They, oh boy. So what they actually are is they're terrorists and they have an agenda. Okay? They actually have an agenda. Why are they kidnapping so much because i mean they're attacking christian communities they're killing all christians and they're kidnapping because they they have needs <laughs> they, they need to eat so they're kidnapping right and that's an aspect another aspect is that their kingpins are making money out of it because they know that there's nothing the military or the police are going to do about it so they're just having a field day and those some of the bad elements let's call them that okay Let's call them that. In the military and the police are getting paid off. They're making a lot of money out of this. 
You understand? As of within a period of like, let's let's calculate within a period of like I think a a year and a half, two years, the Christian Association of Nigeria in the north had paid over five hundred million naira as ransom. Okay, so let let's look at that. That could be like that's like saying you're paying okay uh, thirty thousand. 30,000, is that good? Is that good? Is that good calculation? How do you, how do you, oh, the exchange rates have gone, have gone, have gone really weird with all of this too, right? So on average, you're having um, ransoms of like $5,000, you know, $10,000 ransom on each person. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you so know. let me let me ask this: the, those that are being ransomed, those that are being uh, abducted, those that are being kidnapped, um, uh-huh. do they? Is it false to say that the majority of those that are being kidnapped are Christian, or is that a dis? Is is d- does that paint this in uh in, in the wrong picture? Originally, originally, they were Christians. Okay originally then then everybody's getting kidnapped do you understand what i'm saying majorly they're christians but also muslims too and etc etc are getting kidnapped for money okay like like there was a kidnapping of a muslim primary school okay where they took kids between the age of five to like 12 you know that took place in niger state you know um university university was um attacked and um, students were abducted and then they started killing them if you don't pay i mean they, they, they started killing them they killed about five of the undergraduates just to show them we're serious if you don't pay the ransom we kill them you understand what I'm saying? you know so they've actually done that so yes um the thing about it is that the thing about it is that um christians are a soft are, as, are the softest target you can find by our disposition and by our face you know we were the softest target because we don't arm ourselves. You understand what I'm saying? Right? We're very, we're very much law abiding. You understand? So you won't, you won't find a situation where Christians are stashing, you know, AK-47s off the black market and guns in order to repel attacks. Christians are not like that. Actually, other, other tribes may, other religions may do it, but we don't do that. So we're the softest target. And don't forget the mission houses, mission bases, you know, um, they're, they're there to show the love and compassion of God, right? So they're a very soft target. Okay. You know, so, I told my friends, so the, I told my uh, friends to leave. I told my friends, leave, leave the field. Okay, let me just share this. Yes. Last year, January, near one of our fields, yeah, that, that, that um, I pioneered, we had, in a state called Kugi, we had about 25 people killed in the next community. And one of the churches burnt. I, I, uh, I immediately told my missionary and the family, you leave that place. Leave. We're not here to start praying for protection. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, right, walking, I mean, like, like five minutes drive from where you are, they just killed 25 people and burned down a church. And you're running a church here? You know? No, no, we're praying for what protection? Get out of there. You know? Let me just tell this story. So a man leaves and goes to, goes to another part of the state, and we start work there. We're doing a great work there. and But they had a nursery school around that place where the kidnapping took place. So my, 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 my colleague's um, wife says, okay, 
that she wants to go back and hand over the school, you know, because a new session. It was after the, we had lockdown in Nigeria. So August, July, August, the school started opening up again last year. And she goes back to the place and she stays with a particular family in the place. You know, I originally, originally told them, forget about the whole area. It's not safe. They're kidnapping all the time. In fact, when I went there to, to train um, some missionaries, by the time I was get, landing in that community, they just kidnapped a Christian husband and wife. Do you understand? And that was 2019. They just kidnapped. And I was actually sitting while the pastor next to me was negotiating their release. You know, it's that bad. You know? So so my friend's wife goes back last year, August, to go and hand over the nursery school in that village. And she's staying with some friends. Right there at night, they came to kidnap the man of the house. You know? He was he ran through the window and escaped. You know, and they came into room where, where my where, where my friend's wife wife was, right? And she she didn't she was she panicked she didn't know what to do, and she started praying in tongues. Yes, so she just started praying in tongues, and they threatened her. They would, they actually pointed guns at her to shoot her, but she was so hysterical with fear. She just faced God. I just kept on praying. I just kept on praying, and they didn't know what to do, so they they took two of the children in the house, and abducted them, and took her. The next day, I got a call um, that uh, there was an attempt and uh, they kidnapped two kids and my, my mate was going all the way back to that place to go and pick up his wife. And I said, I told you guys, in these situations, we're not going to pray for protection. We're going to leave. So, Buck, so, so that's how bad it is. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Huh? Yeah, l l you're not going to get you report to the police. Nobody's going to help you. The police will do nothing. Yeah, this is. I mean, these are real stories that you are sharing from the field. These are the these. I mean, for those of you that are listening to this podcast, I want to just share something about Nigeria that you may not know. Nigeria is the most populated nation in Africa. And there are many experts that are saying that Nigeria might become the most populated, if, if not the most populated, the second most populated country in the world by the end of this century. So we're not we're not talking about a little village, uh, you know, somewhere in the the western part of Africa. We're talking about the most populated nation in Africa, and this is taking place. And and you had pointed out, uh, Pastor, that the originally the focus mm -hmm. was on Christians because they are soft yes. targets. But yes. let me ask this: Do you think any of these bandits, let's call them bandits or whatever the the journalists call them, the, the, are, the, the are, are any of the, the bandits Christian? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. No, I, I, I they, they were brought wait, the, the first the first the major group the first group they were brought into Nigeria from Mali and Burkina Faso you've heard what happened what's been happening in Mali with Isis yes. they were brought in to Nigeria to be used for this but they've, they've, they've you know they've gotten a little bit out of hand do you understand what I'm saying? They've gotten a little bit out of hand. They wanted to take over the country. Basically, they wanted to be used to take over the country. Well, I mean... You know, you know when, you've, when you you've been hearing at... people talking about the fact that this um, Fulani herds men, uh, terrorist attacks and killings and everything. 
is because they want to they want to they want to occupy the whole of nigeria they believe that nigeria belongs to them and everything yeah it's it's not a rumor by the way it's not a rumor some of them in their small minds in their muslim no offense in their small minds right think that they need to continue the jihad that was started hundreds of years ago you, you understand what i'm saying Yes, what you are saying is highlighting to me at least, and I and I hope it is to the audience as well, that even though journalists are too afraid to say it, even though... Even there are no journalists. Yeah. So, Bach, there are no journalists. I don't know what's happened to that profession in my country. I agree. I agree. Not just your country, brother. It's dead. We, we look at it in Europe. We see it in America. There is a, there, there is a movement to erase... So when these bad things happen, when these kidnappings happen, when these murders happen, when when these groups go in and annihilate entire an entire people groups, one thing that is removed from all of the the news headlines is two things. There are two words that are that are purposefully absent. One is Christian terrorism and genocide. Yeah. Christian genocide. Yeah, Christian genocide and Islamic terrorism. Those that's what, see, that's what's going on. Okay, that's actually what's going on. And by the way, there is, you know, let's just say it like this. There are there there is a yeah, let me say it out here. There is a confession that is available from a repentant let's call them bandit now, okay? But it's not in English. So I'm gonna send it to you. And you can get your people to yes, translate please. it for you. Please, okay, I'm, I'm gonna send it to you. And yes. in it, he actually mentioned certain officers in the Nigerian army who trained them wow. in weapons. Wow. Okay? I'm saying this. Initially, I wanted to send you that, please don't mention my name on this podcast. No, mention my name. It's known by everybody. It's not hidden. That's the thing about this. These things aren't hidden. My country is not like that. Jonathan, my country is not, it's not like, you know, all these espionage, blah, blah, blah. Everything is open. Because the way the way they recruit some of these people is that, you know, apart from the Islamic jihadists, there's some of them just use money. Like look at the Boko Haram, for instance. Anytime, you know, they 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 they, they kill Boko Haram fighters, etc. etc. The army always finds a lot of money in their pockets. You understand? They're always finding a lot of money in their pockets. So you can see how they, there's a combination of so many things. Like, you know, the way the way the Muslim elite has have impoverished the North. You know, Western education, we don't want it. You're not providing jobs. You know, there's, I mean, poverty in the North in Nigeria was 80%. Poverty in the South, Southern Nigeria is 20%. Do you understand what I'm saying? The, 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 the way they, they, they practice their, their Islam doesn't allow people, there's no education, there's no enlightenment. Well, did you, did you say that in the North they have... Do you understand what I'm saying? So everybody's busy begging for... You know, you you have said you know? in the north so, they have mainly implemented Sharia law. Is that correct? Yeah, what you you said in the north they have mainly implemented Sharia law. Is yes, and the Sharia law does not develop. No, no, it does not. You're absolutely correct. Yes, they have. They have. 
Uh, let me let me. Uh, it doesn't enlighten. Sharia doesn't enlighten anybody. Let let me just take the other side for a minute because I know that there are people that are listening to what you're saying, mm-hmm. Pastor. They are shocked by your words, and then mm-hmm. when they go on to the news and they begin to read in the news, they may come across articles like I did, where you have your mm-hmm. uh, you have the Nigeria's information minister, a guy by the name of Lai Muhammad. And he said there is uh, there are no Christians being persecuted and to make allegations that are saying that there is a link between Islam and the bandits is a a a a, a lie. This is okay. so when we when okay, we hear this from Nigeria's uh, uh, information minister, uh, this this goes against directly against what what is being shared right now. What would you say to that when people say, "Well, wait a minute, the 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 their own information minister has said that this has nothing to do with targeting Christians and the bandits have nothing to do with Islam. Well, that's not true. Okay, I don't want to be rude by saying he's lying. <laughs> I just say it's not true. Just plain you know? and simple. And, and I like it. It's not true. <laughs> and, and another thing I'll say, with all due respect to the information minister, I am a Nigerian. Okay, and. <laughs> This, all this didn't start today. Do you understand what I'm saying? All this didn't start today. In fact, you know, the interesting thing is there. Hey, the Christians are the most, in this country, yeah, they are just, what's, what's, that, what's that word again? Um, they are non-violent. Christians are non-violent. I'm telling you, we're not, we're not the kind of people that will get, something will go wrong and pick up knives and guns and start shooting. We don't do that. It's not part of our faith. Our faith doesn't speak that. We doesn't preach that. All right? Our faith speaks life. Okay? Courage. Right? Love. Compassion. Right? Self-development. We don't, we don't, we don't do that. All right? With all the pogroms and killings that have happened in the past of, of, of Christians and southern Nigerians being killed in the north, you begin to wonder what is going on. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an attribute... Right of what? Radical Islam. That's what it, that is an attribute of radical Islam. Okay, you're killing, right, for your God. You you, you understand what I'm saying? And it's it's just it's it's absolutely. Um, recently, who was it that said it? Um, in America, what's in that? The the Pompey. He mentioned that there's no um, Christians are being killed in Nigeria, and nobody's saying anything about it. Okay. Our government, mm, an aspect of our government is behind what is taking place. Even some of the soldiers that I interviewed, that I met on the on my journeys, okay, I meet soldiers uh, um, at the front line in in Borunua, Adamawa, all right, and I've asked them questions, and I said, well, they, it feels as if they're fighting their own that, that it, they're fighting the government. I said, what are you talking about? He said, the government arms the Boko Haram now. I said, no, don't talk like this. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, they're getting they're getting helicopters, dropping supplies on their camps. If I recently the governor the governor of Kaduna State actually said that they know where all these bandits are, they know where their 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 their, their camps are, and what he's asking for is for them to carpet bomb, you know, the camps because it, it's actually that bad. It's actually that bad. Okay. You know, when they were let, saying some years me, ago that see, is... Sorry, sorry, Pastor. Let me just see. Did uh-huh. I understand you correctly? So you have interviewed 
soldiers, soldiers. that yes, have said that the government has been equipping, arming Boko Haram. Yes, in their own opinion, that's what they said. Wow. For those of you that are not familiar with Boko Haram, Boko Haram is an Islamic group that most people have started to learn about because of their association with ISIS. They have the their their the the official name of Boko Haram is a, a, an Arabic word that means the group of the people of the Sunnah. And if you're not familiar with the Sunnah, that is what Muhammad did. That's what anybody that follows Sharia, they read this, the, the Sunnah to know what it is that they have to do on every aspect of their life. So the Boko Haram means the people, the group of people of the Sunnah for preaching and jihad. So this is a group that we, we call them radical Muslims. But to, or sometimes we'll call them terrorists or sometimes we'll call them extremists. But the truth is is that they are following in the footsteps of Muhammad. So they they are not doing anything that Muhammad did not do. It may not be uh. appropriate for Christian nations to talk about like in Europe and America and, and in certain Christian mm -hmm. circles, even in Nigeria. But the truth is, is that Boko Haram is following in the footsteps of Muhammad. And they are doing so in an extremist way I mean, if we look at Christian extremists, uh, you have already pointed to this, Pastor, that Christians are soft targets. Why? They are soft targets because if you are an extremist Christian, an extremist follows uh. in the footsteps of Jesus to the extreme. Jesus never picked up a weapon. Jesus never took, he never kidnapped children. Uh, he never uh, kidnapped women and turned them into his sex slaves. He never made slaves. Um, he, If you follow Jesus as someone that is radical, radically following after Jesus, it makes you into a, basically Mother Teresa. <laughs> Mother Teresa is uh -huh. a Christian extremist, whereas Boko Haram is an Islamic extremist group. So when you That's say wrong. that Boko Haram is being armed by the military, that is extremely disturbing. Uh -huh. There's an aspect of the military, right? Because, I mean, in the confessions, we've heard so much about the fact, okay, look, look at this. I had this issue when I keep on hearing that, oh, a particular town in, in northeastern Nigeria has been run, has been overrun by Boko Haram, overrun by Boko Haram. And I'm like, what's going on with the kind of military we have? So when I got a chance to talk to some of these people, they just said, no, they overran the town, but we just left the town. I said, I don't understand what you're talking about. They said, we, didn't just be, we just didn't bother engaging them. We just left. The army, Just we just retreat. I said, what is going on? He said, somehow there's there's, there's, there's a mole. Somebody's giving them information. Even when they're going on missions to attack, right? Boko Haram already. Are you catching what I'm saying? And presently, as of some, 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 some months, yeah, some months ago, the government is actually, the Nigerian government claims to be investigating 400 sponsors of Boko Haram, 400 people who are sponsors of Boko Haram. And last year they got, I think, the the um, the Emirates government, you know, convicted. I think about four or five people who were sponsoring Boko Haram. Okay, and you don't understand the fact that they were Nigerians. So I want to, I want to, what I want, what I want to say is that this, there was there's an agenda, there's a calculated agenda, right, to violently grab land, right, from Christian villages. Right, predominantly Christian villages, because the villages that are actually being 
attacked and decimated are majorly Christian villages. In the audio I sent you, the conversation I had with someone the other day, the names are given in that audio. Okay? They're majorly, and this person I spoke to, he's been living in Zamfara, right? All his life. And he's in Kaduna now. So majorly Christian villages. And with, with that agenda being pushed, you know, and security, um, the army and the police really not doing anything, you find that other fringe elements and gangs will now jump on the bandwagon. Because anybody that gets kidnapped anywhere, you know, outside of a major city, they will say, Fulani hurts me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So everybody, all criminal elements are just jumping on the bandwagon. And Nigeria is not a safe place. Okay? I'm, I'm not joking. It's not a safe place. Yeah, if I'm going, next time I'm going to the field, I'm not going by road. I'm going by plane. There's certain places you can go by road and, you know, and everything. But <laughs> you want to travel from uh, places like uh, Zaria to Kaduna Zaria to Zamfara, Sokoto, you want to Abuja Kaduna, you have to, <laughs> I don't know what to say, what to say, you have to be very careful. You know, we had, we had a Muslim um, politician um, from Zamfara who was taking his son from Zamfara to Kano. Um, how, how long is that right now? Maybe like four hours, three, three, three four, four hours drive to take a plane because he was coming down south. He was stopped by these same people and he was shot dead. You see, you see what I'm saying? It's getting out of hand. It's actually getting out of hand. Those, those, these same, in quotes, people that, that engineered this into this country, right, have started suffering from it too. You understand? Know but this is, the good, this is the good thing. If that's a good word, <laughs> you know, what, what, what the, the enemy planned for evil, God is turning around. How? Amen. Because now, now, the Muslim North is realizing that they can't trust their own Muslim brothers. If their own Muslim brothers could kill them like this, are you, getting, are you catching this? Right? Then it's softening the hearts of people towards Christians. At least Christians didn't kill us. If I recently, the head of the, one of the heads of major faction of Boko Haram, Shekau, you know, was killed by, by ISIS in West Africa. You know, some internal wrangling and everything. And one of the reasons why they claimed that they killed him was because he was attacking everybody, right? He wasn't just only killing Christians like he was meant to. He was also killing Muslims too. You understand what I'm saying, right? So, so they killed him to try and get people to, to try and get the Muslims to restore the Muslims' confidence in the ISIS agenda. Are you catching what I'm saying? Right? They're only going to go after Christians, you know, and the army and the military. You understand what I'm saying? So the, the good part of this is that at least the Muslims in northern Nigeria are beginning to realize the fact that Christians don't go out of their way to harm anybody. They don't. All the people who are shooting, killing, and everything, they have the same religion with them. So there's something wrong. It's bringing a question mark in people's hearts that what is actually going on, that Muslims are just killing us for no reason. They're taking our wives. In fact, in villages in Zafara, Sokoto, right, um, <laughs> you'll find that they go into the same Muslim, Muslim to Muslim, right? Take their money, take their foodstuff, take their wives as sex slaves, and kill the men. And it's Muslim to Muslim. It's confusing, you know? So that's the good part is that they're not realizing the fact that, hey, um, <laughs> Wow, your Muslim brothers could, could do this to you, you know, but Christians are not doing this to you. That's one, you know, that's, that's one aspect. Well, um, with that aspect, if I can just pause on this aspect, what you just said has echoed in eternity. 
Um, when I see it in Sudan. I see it in Syria. I see it in Iraq. Wherever Islam goes, there is, I mean, right now in Iran, if you look at Iran in the 1970s, there was so mm -hmm. much freedom and amazing. I mean, even Afghanistan. Of course, of course. Can you, can you believe Afghanistan? I mean, which had a lot of Muslims. Before but, Taliban, yes. Yeah, but what happens is that there is this faction that moves in and they say, we need to adhere to the Quran. We need to adhere uh, to the Sunnah. And as soon as people yeah. do that, they, they because all of the people, they have real problems. And I'll, and I'll use Iran for an example. They said the Shah. Uh -huh who is in charge. He is taking advantage of you. He is taking more taxes. He is being unfair to you. He is treating certain people unfair and other people. And all of that was true. But their solution to the problem was the Quran. Their solution to the problem was the Sunnah. The solution to the problem was a stronger adherence to Islam. And whenever you have a stronger adherence to Islam and people come in and say, yeah, yeah, that's what we need. Once they realize that that was the wrong idea it's already too late that that uh, once the sharia law is implemented the enemy comes in and shuts down freedom of speech freedom of religion uh, freedom of choice i i'm yep. i'm writing a book right now about one of a woman that i would call one of my heroes uh, her name is miriam ibrahim she she was born and raised in sudan her father was muslim okay. yeah, I remember but that. her mother was a Christian refugee from Ethiopia. Is she the one that had the baby or had a baby in prison? That's correct. Yeah. She was. Okay. She, right. So I'm writing her story right now. And she shares about how as a woman that had a baby, she was put in prison with her baby and she was pregnant. And they sentenced her to a hundred lashes and execution because she refused to give up her faith in Jesus Christ, because she refused to to say the that uh, there is no prophet but Muhammad, and, I'm sorry, there is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. Because she refused to say that, she was she was sentenced to die with her children being in prison with her, one in her stomach and one chained to her, shackled. She was shackled in prison. Uh, when, whenever Islam takes over, like you said, then they turn on each other. But uh -huh. that's not Islam. That's the enemy. That's the enemy behind Islam. Satan always entices you to come and follow him. And when you do, he uh -huh. turns on you as his own follower. And so yep. uh, for for you, can you just share, I know that you have a, you have obligations and you have to go and uh, pick up your children very shortly from school, but can you just share with us as Christians, uh, what, mm -hmm. how can we pray for Nigeria? How can we be involved in the situation of raising the awareness of what's happening in Nigeria? How can we share okay, the word okay. of what you just shared with us? Because what you just shared with us is not being shared in the news. No, no, it's not. I mean, sometimes some people think that what's happening with um, all these Fulani terrorists, etc., etc., all these Muslim radical terrorists, is some play to split our country apart by some elements in the West. You understand what I'm saying? There's all kinds of things, you know. Yes. But that's politics. Yes. That's politics. But but what what, what 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 I would say? Let me let me let me share something very very personal. Here we're on a podcast, and these are missionaries. About four years ago, four or five years ago, um, I had established fields 
in Niger State and Kebi amongst the um, Kimberley people and the Dukawa people groups. Okay? I brought the missionaries to Lagos for training. There were two of them. One was married. Two of them. And we reached about 350 people for the Lord in those villages. You know? Very rural. Our mission house is a place called Rukijo, the local government headquarters of um, that area in border with Kebi State. And uh, while we're doing the training, I received a word of wisdom. And this is what was impressed on my heart. Leave the North. In other words, um, day, stop working, stop doing missions in the North. Because the North will implode. Once it has imploded, I will send you back. Now, this is a very personal word. But on this podcast, I can share it. Because I know they're praying, they're praying participants listening right now. So what I now did was that I worked to hand over the fields to a house of speaking denomination that was in Adamawa State called Hausa Brethren Church or EYN acronym. And I did that and I handed over. Okay. Now I keep on remembering with all the things that have been happening, Niger KB Zamfara. Southern Kaduna, those places are not safe at all, even for you to drive. You can't even come to Nigeria and we get in the car and they say, okay, let's drive. The nicer the car, the more likely, even if, the more likely you'll be attacked, you know. So anyway, this is my point. The Lord gave me that word, okay? Get out. But I'm sending you back. It's going to implode, you know. So you can see that the word implosion is very different from the word explosion. So it's going to cave in on itself. Just like what we just said just now. Uh, the, the, this, this Sharia and all these radical Islamists, whatever, right, will work against itself. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, but, all right? Yes. So, for, for me, what, what, what I feel is most important, right, is that our brethren internationally, right, become, they, they begin to understand what is actually going on, Okay begin to understand the evil and the wickedness that's being perpetrated, right, by these people, right? And at least begin to speak to their representatives. I'm even speaking politically now, all right? Um, Christian concern should, should hear about this, know about this, and begin to apply pressure, right, on the UN, on the EU, the American government, everybody, apply pressure. Do you understand? I'm talking about political action that should be taken. We had we had um, an American national who was kidnapped. I think in Niger State, sorry, in the Republic of Niger, just north of Nigeria, and brought into Nigeria. Right? The I don't know what they call them, special forces, marines, or whatever. Right? Came in and rescued that gentleman. Right? Killing, I think, out of six of them, they killed all the abductors apart from one. Okay. So we, we can see that if the, 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 the United Nations, the EU, America gets involved, right, and says, okay, we're going to put a stop to this thing, right, there can be a stop to it, to the killings, that is. You know, like I, I, like I told you, if there's a change of government to the opposition in 2023, right, all this Islamic terrorism, right, will stop because they will send the army out of them. And you send the army out of them, it's over. You do you get what I'm saying, Sabah? Okay. So we need we need to we need to begin to trumpet 
We need to begin to make a lot of noise. We need to start writing letters, right? We, we need to get the parliaments involved in what is happening in Nigeria. Okay? I mean, if there's a major economic issue, you, you understand, that the governments will get involved. You understand? If they're diamonds and gold and they're there to get in. But these are people's lives. You know, a lot of people are going to hell. I mean, we have how many bandits? I don't know. 10,000. I'm going that far. That's how many people. How many terrorists there are. Right? So how are you going to do the government? The, the governors are saying, let's let's kill them all. That's that's over 10,000 young men who are going to be sent to hell without hearing the gospel. Have you, have you considered that even amongst these Muslim terrorists? Right. If they don't hear the, if they get they're getting killed and they're going to go to hell when action is taken against them. You, you know what I'm saying? So this is just the, the devil. The devil is quite smart. Yeah? You know, you know, so that's the first thing we need to get to um, Christian concern. We need to get to parliaments. Um, they need to they need to hear what is happening in Nigeria. They need to hear it. That's the first thing. Is that okay, Sabak? Yeah, uh, I, I'm just I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, that's the first thing. Yeah, I mean for political action, no? yep. for political action, it it we need to get it out there. The parliament must hear it. My question. You understand? Yeah, my question mm. has been uh, because I mean, let's be honest for a minute. If it, you 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 touched on this just really briefly, but you said you know if if this had been Christians kidnapping Muslims or killing Muslims or annihilating no. Muslims or taking over Muslim villages, do you think America would not be involved in that? Do you think England would. would not be involved? Of course, in that? do you would. think the United Nations would. would stand by and allow it to happen for as long as long as it had to happen? No, they would shut it down. In fact, if it was the other way around, the Nigerian military would shut it down within a week. Within a week. Our military is not weak. I promise you that. Our Nigerian military is not weak at all. But here, you know, they're under orders. Don't go. Don't engage. I mean, somebody called me last week and said, we're not, they're not allowed to engage. Even if the terrorists come and burn up a village and they have knowledge of it and they see it happening, they are not allowed to engage. Why? Why? So they're just running riot. They're not allowed to engage. In fact, do you know, do you know that in, in the Bethel Baptist School, where, where the recent abduction took place on the 5th, right? 26, 26 um, of, the, of the students were able to either avoid being abducted or they escaped. Okay? You can imagine that the military actually, some of them actually lied that they were the ones who went to rescue them. What was that for? You know? Even there is a school not too far from Bethel run by the Winner's Chapel, okay? Bishop David Oripo's church, okay? Um, some of the um, terrorists actually went there too to go and abduct, but the, the kids um, um, hid themselves in the roof. Did you know about that? No, I, I, I have not heard about that. Yes, they hid themselves in the roof, okay? So, so that, that's, just, that's, that's just the way, make noise. Okay, make noise. That's what we need to do. We need to make noise. Write letters. Get to the parliaments. Christian concern is there. Let them take it up as a priority. Okay, let's take it. Up. Let them take it up as a priority. Right? Then something, something, and then the pressure on the Nigerian government to do something about. Like I said, you know, I, like I said, in my country, nothing is actually hidden. The very genesis, the very origin of all this thing, where all these terrorists came from. The American government, the French government, the EU, they know where they all came from. You understand? These guys, they know what is happening. 
right? But they're not doing anything about it, and I don't, I don't know why. So it's time for us to begin to make a lot of noise, make a lot of noise, do something about it, stop it from happening. In fact, in fact, the most recent abduction on the fifth Bethel Baptist. I mean, nobody's making noise about it. I, sh I tried to, I tried to discuss it with somebody yesterday. They want just everybody's just on feeling. Nobody cares anymore. I mean, people are getting abducted every day. So, I mean, that's just life. That's just the way it is. That's, that's just the way it is. You know, nobody feels it anymore. Nobody, it's, like, it's as if nobody cares anymore, apart from the parents of those who've been abducted. You, you understand what I'm saying? No, it's just a regular Niger. That's Nigeria. Naso, Naso, that's like, that's the way it is. Naso, pidgin English, you know? So that's, that's for me. Political action should be taken then on the spiritual side. I believe seriously in, in the fact that God answers prayers. Okay? So, I mean, there's a scripture that says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Is that okay? I feel that we need to get into the word of God, get hold of the promises of God, and begin to begin to intercede on behalf, right, of, of, of Christians. Seriously. Because our, our faith has within it the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the core of our faith. It is a supernatural event. So the supernatural is how we get saved. The supernatural is how we maintain righteousness. We have to focus on prayer and get God to work. I, I, make, I was making a video this morning about protection because I thought I really need to start telling people that God protects. The police is not going to be there for you. Um, the military will not be there for you, right? So what do you do? You're going to leave yourself open to just get killed? No. Or, or be, believe God for protection. Do your part, but believe God for protection. There's the Psalm 91 that... Um, um, that, became, that became very famous during COVID. You understand? During mm -hmm. the first COVID lock lockdowns last year, everybody, all ministries, Pentecostal, Charismatic, they were sharing Psalm 91. But we need to begin to share the Psalm 91, right? About stuff like, you know, physical mortal danger. You understand what I'm saying? Kidnappings and killings and stuff like that. We need to begin to believe God for protection. You know, God does protect. All right. Well, there's a necessary. I, I have to go to the field soon, and if there's a necessary trip, I have to take. I'm, I won't say I won't go to the field because you know it, there's insecurity. I'm going to pray. I will pray for protection, and if I sense strongly that the Lord says don't go, I won't go. If I don't sense the peace of God, if I don't sense the peace of God, I stay where I am. If I sense the peace of God, I go. So we need to emphasize these things. You understand? Pray for protection. Pray that the officers you know, and the organizers of all these terrorist groups will come to the Lord. You understand? Let's, yeah, yeah, let's pray. God, strike them. Strike doesn't necessarily mean kilo. All right. <laughs> but we pray for them to get saved. We pray for them to be disorganized. Do you understand? We've had these terrorists, some of them giving their life to Jesus. We've had that. We've had that happen, you know? And that's the only thing. So we only have God to depend upon. You know, because I mean, the, the, you you get you push us to a corner. You know, uh, what we what do we do? The only way we can fight, you know, is is uh, weapons of our warfare, not cannon. You know, so we need to fight the way Christians fight. I've seen. Let me end with this. I've seen um, a lot of my mates. In fact, uh, about a month ago, I entered into some serious disputes with fellow Christians because people were angry. Brethren were angry. There was a lot of cursing of the terrorists. There was a lot of wishing the death of the president and all these things. And I had to 
talk to my people, brethren, this is not, this, that's not who we are. We are followers of Jesus. We don't talk like that. We don't wish ill upon people. You know, because our God loves. He sent us to die and resurrect. Our God loves. And we're meant to, you know, align with his purposes, right? And see to the salvation of this world. You understand what I'm saying? We can't get into hatred and bitterness. We can't do that. Yes, we mourn loss of our brethren. But we're not going to get bitter and hateful because of this. We know that this is a sin-sick world. It's not that we're just knowing. We know. Okay? And that's why there is redemption available. You know? So we have to we have, we have to enter into that, you know, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That Jesus' intercession, we must enter into that spirit. Right? If we really want to see Jehovah intervene. If God is going to intervene, we must enter into Jesus' intercession. You understand? We can't become mean and wish there was a there was a there was a pastor that got killed, Abuja Kaduna Road. As of uh, the year before, in like five months, 700, 750 people were kidnapped on that road alone. Did you hear me? On that road alone, 750 people kidnapped. You know? <laughs> and a particular pastor was, 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 was stopped, you know, by these people. And because he knew he was a pastor, they, sh they, they, they shot him in the back, stabbed him um, in the chest. They killed him. Is that okay? And... Um, took away, you know, his wife, his, his, his wife and his son, they watched him as, as, as he was killed, okay? So, the overseer of that particular ministry heard about it and on air, spent all his time cursing the people who did it, they're going to die, they're going to die miserable deaths and everything. And I felt that was very un-Christ-like. Yes, we've lost somebody. It was a terrible thing, you know, but we shouldn't enter into that 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 um that kind of mind of hate that the enemy is inspiring we need to in that situation seriously hold on to our god seriously hold on to our god you know i still release the love of god in this earth you know release forgiveness you know release our, the redemption that we that we represent in this world we need to do that amen amen brother it was okay. it was oh. such a it was such a privilege to spend time with you you really did shed some light on many of the questions that i had and i'm certain many of our listeners also have um i know oh. that you have other obligations but i want to thank you so much for taking time i oh, uh, god bless you sir god bless you and uh, we are going to be praying for you your church and your nation brother we need it we need okay. it and please i would like a situation where um there are many needs in Nigeria right now. Many people displaced, but there's nothing like prayer. I mean, if if there could be concerts of prayer going on for Nigeria, you know, really scheduled, determined sessions going on for Nigeria, you know, it, it would be great. Because God really, God moves though. In the worst times, the darkest places, God moves. We know that it's history, you know, but we need prayer at this time. No bitterness, no hatred. You know, righteous indignation, yes, we want that, yeah, but no, no hatred, no bitterness, because God wants these people saved too. God wants these murderers, these jihadists saved too. Amen. You know, and that's our posture. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I really love it when Pastor Dawson is able to come on and join us on this podcast. I mean, he shared some things for me that were 
that that were that highlighted the situation. I mean, when he talked about the government and the government equipping Boko Haram, when he talked about pastors that have been attacked, not from you know news articles that he has read, but by friends and pastors and missionaries and evangelists that he's worked together with. And this, these are these are things that I think that we as a Christian body need to be informed about, need to educate ourselves about. I just saw the international Christian concern, which he brought up several times. They estimate that between 50,000 and 70,000 Christians have died in violent attacks in Nigeria in the last 18 years, mostly carried out by Boko Haram. And as he was talking, something came to me. And I just, I usually end our podcast immediately after having an interview with, with someone like Pastor Dawson. But something came to me as he was speaking. And I was sitting there in silence and I was praying. And the thing that came to me was that as Christians, we have all the political power. The the nations in the world that carry the most clout politically are the nations that represent Christians. Even in Nigeria, the majority of the wealth that can translate into the protection, into the military, into the police departments that they need is owned by the Christians. As he talked about with the Muslims, the Muslims in the north, they, they live in poverty. That's across the world. Across the world, the Christians have the majority of resources. So when we're praying to God to do or move in our situation, I think that one of the things as Christians that we have to come to terms with is that we have all of the resources. It's it's not like we're a persecuted minority. I don't know how that happened. Christians are not a persecuted minority. We have all all the power. If the power that the Christians have today, if the resources that the Christians have today were in the hands of any other organization, group, or religion, I think we would see a completely different world. Can you imagine if communists had the resources that Christians have? The world would be shut down. Freedom of speech would not be communicated at all in any nation if communists had the kind of clout over the United Nations, over international trade, over the G7, the G8, the G20. If the communists had that, and I know some people can argue and say, well, China has a lot of clout. Not even close. When you look at the European bloc, the American bloc, North and South America, when you look at South Africa, Nigeria, and I say Nigeria because even though Christians are the minority, they're barely. Nigeria is a very special country where it's just less than half is Christian. And just over, whenever you have a, a nation that's over half Muslim, Muslims usually take over and Christians have zero say. And then that number of Christians dwindles down more and more and more. Nigeria is in a very special situation where they've been able to maintain the majority and the power in all of the financial centers. And I've talked about why that's the case in podcasts in the past. So I won't, I won't 
inundate you with that theory that I have with, with Christianity being a blessing to the people uh, again. But I, I will say, as I listen to him talking about protection and political power, Christians already have the resources for both of those. And I don't have the answer. So I will ask everybody at Back to Jerusalem to pray for the Lord to lead us and guide us in what we are to do. Because if we pray for protection, in some ways, guys, God's already provided that. We have the resources to provide the protection that we need. We're just not using it. Christians right now have, the, he, he touched on it when he talked about the United States military moving in to rescue one of the, their, their own citizens. They did it in a heartbeat. So Christians have the resources for both, for both protection and political influence, but we're not using them for whatever reasons. Maybe it's because of lack of information. Maybe it, even with the, with the information that we do have, we've already talked about during this podcast, how that information is not complete. It's incomplete and purposefully so. Journalists, News agencies that do have the balls to share about what's happening to Christians in Nigeria are not talking about Christians and they're not talking about Muslims. The genesis of the problem is the rise of Islam and the genesis of that problem, because that actually that's not even correct. The problem is not Islam. It's the enemy being given power over people in the form of Islam. Then Pastor Alamid said something really powerful. I've never heard it put this way before, but I do want to highlight it before I end this podcast. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus prayed for those that were persecuting him, crucifying him, mocking him, laughing at him, putting a crown of thorns up on his head, ripping his skin apart, with a cat of nine tails whip. And we did not hear Jesus pray for political protection or any sort of secular redemption. We heard Jesus pray a prayer that seemed to be unpowerful, a, a, a prayer that seemed to be praying for the, those that were persecuting him. And Pastor Alamid said, until we enter in to that Jesus type of prayer fellowship of Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Until we enter in, we're not going to be able to see a difference. That was powerful to me. How can we enter into that fellowship? Not to pray. We, we don't want to pray for more persecution 
against our brothers in Nigeria. The reason I want to do this podcast is so that we can raise the awareness for our brothers and sisters in Nigeria because this is the country in the 1040 window that is receiving the most persecution of any nation in the world right now. We're seeing more Christians persecuted in Nigeria right now in 2021 than any other nation on earth. More than North Korea, more than Iran, numerically speaking. More than Iraq, more than Syria. We're seeing Christians die. One Christian is being killed by a Muslim in Nigeria every four hours. How will you pray? Can I ask a favor? I very rarely do this. After listening to this podcast, if you made it this far, I know that we went over that hour mark. But if you've made it this far, would you consider please sharing this podcast with as many people as you can on social media? Would you consider even linking this podcast and sending it to everybody in your prayer group? Would you consider even sharing this podcast with everybody that you have in your email address book? Social media, prayer group, email address book. Not for Back to Jerusalem. Who cares about Back to Jerusalem as an organization? But for the people of Nigeria, for the believers of Nigeria, and for that matter, the unbelievers in Nigeria. The information's not being shared, and I think it's time that we as a Christian body Mourn with those that mourn. Join hands with our brothers and sisters in Nigeria. I think God has got a plan for that nation. You've got a group of Christians in the 1040 window that know exactly what it's like to live side by side with the house of Muhammad. They can be amazing trainers an amazing resource for teaching missionaries who are going into the darkest regions of the world to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. There's so much from our Nigerian brothers and sisters that we can learn. Continue to pray for Nigeria, for Pastor Alamid, and please share this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for another Back to Jerusalem podcast again. I'm Eugene Bach coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of America. God bless.